Continuing in our sermon series entitled The Lord of the Impossible, our text comes from Genesis 18, beginning at the first verse, where we read about a particular episode in the lives of Abraham and Sarah. The Lord appeared again to Abraham while he was camped near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day about noon, as Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent, he suddenly noticed three men standing nearby. He got up and he ran to meet them, welcoming them by bowing low to the ground. My Lord, Abraham said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while, rest in the shade of this tree while my servants get some water to wash your feet. Let me prepare some food to refresh you. Please stay a while before continuing on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, quick, get three measures of your best flour and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a fat calf and told a servant to hurry and butcher it. When the food was ready, he took some cheese curds and milk and the roasted meat, and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them there beneath the trees. Where is Sarah, your wife? They asked. In the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, about this time next year, I will return and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent nearby. And since Abraham and Sarah were both very old, and Sarah was long past the age of having children, she laughed quietly to herself. How could a worn-out woman like me have a baby, she thought, and when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? About a year from now, just as I told you, I will return and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied that she had laughed. But he said, that is not true, you did laugh. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. We never know what any given day will bring into our lives. I'm sure that it had been any day like all other days here in the life of Abraham and Sarah, when about noon, during the heat of the day, they noticed three strangers, three men near the door of their tent. Abraham, being Abraham, rushed out to meet them, bowed low to welcome them, invited them into his home, and said that he would wash their feet and feed them a, a meal, and they allowed him to do that. And they prepared the meal, Abraham and Sarah. And as these three were eating, Abraham continued to serve. Sarah continued to serve these three. We don't know exactly who these three are, but if you look at the text, it appears in the beginning of the text they're just referred to as three men. But as the text goes along, you begin to realize that at least one of these three is the Lord. So most of us assume what we're looking at here is a visitation 
by the Lord and perhaps to angels. After they received the lavish meal from Abraham and Sarah, one of them asked where Sarah is. And Abraham says she's still in the tent. So at that point, the Lord begins speaking to Abraham. And Abraham is told that within about a year, they will have a child. They will have a son. Sarah could hear what the people were talking about there in the tent. So at that point, she laughed quietly to herself. When she laughed, uh, the Lord heard her laugh. And then when it became apparent the Lord heard her laugh, she denied that she laughed, but she knew that she laughed when she heard this visitor say that within a year she would bear a child. She knew that she was way, way past childbearing age. She and Abraham both. So she laughed. She would never forget that she laughed on this day, for she would bear a son. His name would be Yitzhak or Isaac. And in the Hebrew, Isaac means he laughs. So Sarah would never forget that she laughed on this day when she learned about the coming of Isaac. But when Isaac was named, he laughs. I think the he there refers to God. You see here in this text, Sarah laughed, but God had the last laugh. It's a remarkable story. Here in the text, Abraham and Sarah are great examples of grace, generosity, and hospitality. They are so gracious, these three strangers interrupt their day, but they graciously receive them in and, and receive the interruption. Sometimes the interruptions in our day perhaps are interruptions coming from God. Abraham and Sarah are an example of great generosity. They're so generous. They provide not just a meal for these guests, but they provide a lavish meal for their guests. In the ancient world, the serving of fresh meat, as you see here in this meal, would have been an extreme rarity, an unusual occasion. So this lavish meal was prepared for these three guests by Abraham and Sarah. And Abraham and Sarah could afford to do that because the Hebrew Bible tells us they were people of great wealth. When I read the story of Abraham, I'm reminded of what John Wesley said in a sermon entitled On the Use of Money. In that sermon, he gave advice to the people called Methodists. He told the people called Methodists to gain all the money you can, save all the money you can, as long as you give all the money that you can. I have been blessed throughout the course of my ministry to meet very, very generous people. I'm grateful for the generous people who make possible these weekly broadcasts. So here's... Abraham and Sarah, great examples of grace, great examples of generosity, and great examples of hospitality. I think perhaps in our culture we take hospitality far too lightly. Hospitality very much is a core value in the Jewish and the Christian faith. And the Middle East, even this day, 
is still famous for their grand hospitality to strangers. My wife and I have had several opportunities to share meals with Palestinian families in their homes there on the West Bank. And they would receive us, even though we were strangers to them, as special guests. And by the time we would leave the evening, we felt as if we were family. Hospitality is a core value for both Jews and Christians. I'm I'm rather unique as a Protestant pastor that a great deal of my training and background has come to me from some Roman Catholic monks. And the Roman Catholic monks in the Order of St. Benedict have taught me so much. And if you read the Rule of St. Benedict, which is the document that governs their life together, it's a 1,500-year-old document full of Scripture, you encounter a passage that says that we ought to receive everyone as we would receive Christ. Can you imagine how the world would be different if just we Christian people would do that? If we would receive everyone presented to us as we would receive Christ. There in the monastery, every time the monks come together for prayer or for Eucharist, at the end of the service, they leave in pairs, two by two. And as they prepare to leave, they go in pairs and they reverence the altar. That's reverencing the presence of God. But then they turn toward each other, they're in pairs, and they reverence each other But what they're doing at that point theologically is they're reverencing the Christ in each other. They remind themselves of that every time they gather for prayer and worship. If we would learn to receive everyone as we would receive Christ, if we would learn to seek out the Christ in each other and serve the Christ in each other, wouldn't the world be a very different place? Also here in the text, we see that Abraham and Sarah are great examples of what God can do through human beings. Even though Sarah and Abraham were well advanced in age, God had given them a very special promise. They were part of a very special plan from God. At the beginning of the story of Abraham and Sarah in Genesis chapter 12, we read these words where God makes this promise to Abraham. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you And the ones who curse you, I will curse. And in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Through Abraham and Sarah, all the families of the earth would be blessed. It's through Abraham, the Gentile, that the Jewish people would come. And it's through the Jewish people that Messiah Jesus would come. And through Messiah Jesus, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So that was the purpose, the plan for Abraham's life. And nothing could thwart that purpose in their lives. 
So they waited for that special child, and I think they waited, and they waited, and they waited, and they got older, and they got older, and older. I understand why Sarah laughed when in her well-advanced age she heard the promise that she would have a son within the year. It's at that point that the Lord in the story asked Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? Well, of course, that is a rhetorical question. We know the answer to that question. It is a resounding no. God can do remarkable things through human beings who are willing to be used by God. Last Sunday, I saw God do something remarkable through many human beings here in the city of High Point. Over a thousand of us gathered on a very warm Sunday afternoon, and we marched. We marched to just declare that as a people, as a nation, we had to bring an end to racism. We had to be serious about receiving everyone as we receive Christ. We have to be serious about realizing that every human being is made in the image of God. We have to be serious about realizing that every human being is someone for whom Christ died. So we marched, over a thousand of us, and we were joined by our chief of police. We were joined by many police officers of the High Point Police Department. We were joined by our mayor, and we were a very diverse group of people, and we marched to say that not being racist is not enough. We've got to learn how to be anti-racist and how to eradicate racism from our culture because racism is sinful in the Jewish and Christian tradition and in most of the other world religions. So I watched God do almost the seemingly impossible last week as God brought all these different people together for this peaceful march and celebration, and we worshiped at the end. So we need to remember that we believe in a God of the impossible. During the months of June and July, we are offering a sermon series entitled The Lord of the Impossible. So I hope that as we spend these Sundays together in the, in the months of June and July, you'll think about how powerful and mighty our God is and what our God can accomplish in our lives. Our nation needs a great miracle. We need God to help us eradicate both the coronavirus and the virus of racism. And that is a tremendous task ahead of us, but we know the power that is within us because we can remember the, the words of the Lord to Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? And we can answer with a resounding no. I want the Lord to call to your remembrance right now some of the challenges that you are facing as an individual. Maybe economic challenges, maybe challenges in relationships, challenges in your family, maybe challenges uh, around health issues. So call to mind those great challenges you are facing. Then call to mind what the Lord said to Abraham 
Is anything too hard for the Lord? And please, answer with a resounding no. When I read this text in Genesis 18, I think about another text in the New Testament, Luke chapter 1. I remember that it was the angel Gabriel who came to a young peasant girl there in Nazareth and announced to that young peasant girl that she would give birth to a child from God. And of course, the Virgin Mary could not comprehend how the Lord would do that. But at that point, it was the angel Gabriel who said to her that nothing is impossible for God. So it was there through the Virgin Mary that God would fulfill the promise given to Abraham and Sarah. That through them and through their family that they produce, all the families of the earth would be blessed. For God's sake, literally for our sake also, I hope that we will live in such a way that our lives display our great faith, our great confidence in what God can do through us. Would you pray with me? For the gift of this day, O oh God, we give you thanks, and especially for the gift of Jesus Christ in our lives. We give you thanks for the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in us, and we thank you that that power can accomplish amazing things here in our world. May we receive the examples of Abraham and Sarah and may we use them as role models to live the lives you want us to live in this world. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.